we'll start off with, you know, who is Lisa Westgate? Well, thank you for asking, and, and thanks for having me today. So um, I was born and raised in Sharon um, and moved here to Marshfield about uh, seven years ago. Bought a house down in, in Kent Park. Um, I had uh, never heard of Marshfield, honestly, before before moving down here, but my wife was born and raised down here, um, and we have been together for about 12 years. Um, I'm a mother. I have a 27-year-old daughter. Uh, I have two bonus children, 29 and 31. Um, I am a proud dog mother and uh, <laughs> and an that? avid pickleball player. So. Kind of dog. Uh, she's a schnorky, so she is a schnauzer, um, Yorkie mix. Okay. Adorable. <laughs> so how did you get into the procurement and supplier diversity space? Yeah, great question, because it's, you know, when I started my career back in the early 80s, it wasn't a word I even heard of. Yeah. Um, I actually started, believe it or not, as a bill collector. And um, I worked for a lot of companies, and I just ended up being kind of that office manager type person who was always the person responsible for buying things. And that slowly just followed me as a responsibility throughout my early career until I finally heard the word procurement. And then once I heard it, I thought, well, that's, that's it, right? That's, it's everything I like to do. It's, um, it's enough strategy. It's enough working with other departments. It's... Um, you know, involved in kind of building out from from a direct perspective. So, what what's the final product that's produced, and um, and what are the goods that go into that? And then from an indirect, right, the services that kind of maintain a business. Um, how do you think about those in a way that um, is strategic and and scalable? And um, yeah, I just got I I got hooked on it. I mean, since then, right? I mean, this is you know, it wasn't wasn't a week ago. So. Okay. Um, you know, since then, there's now kind of careers that are all about supply chain, mm -hmm. right? Um, if, if anything that we learned out, we learned a lot of things out of the pandemic. But one of the things was, you know, how important supply chain is. Mm -hmm. um, I think procurement, became, procurement, supply chain, these became words that people now talked about every day. Um, so it's, it's been exciting. And I've, I've been involved with procurement for a long, long time. Um, as it relates to supplier diversity... I was a vendor manager. Um, uh, I was a director of vendor management and, and procurement for a large, um, a large consulting firm okay. back in 2004. And in 2004, a salesperson came over and they said they were bidding on a contract for one of the cities in California. Okay. And in order to bid on this contract, we had to be able to describe who our minority of women-owned businesses mm -hmm. were that we were doing business. Um, I never heard of such a question. It was mind-boggling to me um, because in 2004, we were a company that was acquiring companies often. Okay. And as you acquire a company, you bring on their systems, their, their financial systems. And, um, and we didn't have one technology that, talked to a, that, that gave a, a, a complete aggregate picture. And my response to them was, I don't know, one, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't who the owners of businesses are. Why would I even... Yeah. Why would we know that? Um, and second, how in the world am I going to ensure, at this point, 10% of, of the revenue from this contract, specifically to minority and women-owned businesses? So they gave me two weeks. So, <laughs> so in two weeks, we were able to really duct tape together a diversity program. And I'm happy to say we did not win that contract. And the reason is, the reason I'm happy we didn't win that, um, 
is that our program wasn't scalable. It didn't, it didn't make any sense. It wasn't strategic. We were doing everything outside of the norm of procurement, right, which is what is the strategy? How are you consistent? Yeah. Uh, this was an inconsistent pro process uh, that we were going to be applying to one customer. Oh, it was going to be terrible. Um, but from there, what that told me is this is there's something happening yeah. here. There's there's it's a light bulb moment. There's a light bulb moment, absolutely. And I got bit by the bug because then I started looking. I kind of took my head up and and said, oh, this is something that's actually been happening. Um, it actually started in 1965 with IBM. They were the first to kind of promote um, to promote uh, diverse businesses and and how to bring that in and strategically think about it. So uh, once I looked up and realized there's something to this, yeah. that's when I really started getting attracted to it. So what made you decide to start in your own business? Uh, that's a great question too. So I think oh, it was inevitable, right? Mm -hmm. I, it, it is, for me, it was always the American dream. I never had an idea of what I was going to do for myself. Um, and c consulting on the thing that I enjoy the most became the most obvious. Yeah. So I, I had recently, my, my last position, um, I was a solutions optimization engineer for a SaaS company. And really what that means is um, a SaaS company is a, a tech company. And my role was to bring the customers and the product together. And it was mm -hmm. a diverse, it's a, it's a customer data platform. Okay. But one of the things that you're able to kind of decipher is, is supplier diversity. Mm -hmm. um, and that was, again, being my passion, it's kind of the, the pond I swim in is, is all about supplier diversity. So I was able to connect the customers with the product and really talk about um, how to build out their diversity programs. I was shocked at the size of companies, um, the, the, the age of some of these companies, and the lack of maturity of their supplier diversity programs. And, hmm. and I say that for two reasons. One, um, it really is whether, you know, when you think about supplier diversity, it's it's are you thinking about it through the compliant perspective, right? We, okay. we have a contract that we have a customer that's making a requirement of us. We have a government oversight that's making yeah. a requirement. Um, and then there's the other, which is, you know, there's a, a boards or, or, yeah. or a C-suite who's kind of driving a social change to mm -hmm. how they want to, they want their kind of from a DEI perspective, they right. want their HR to look like the world, they, and they want their supplier base to look like the world. Um, and so I've worked you know, literally with hundreds of people in, in order to build programs. And I was surprised. I, you know, I, I, I didn't go into that position thinking there would be as much of a need as there was, um, and I was just pleasantly surprised. So that was the booster. I thought, I can do this on my own. And and what a great opportunity because I've been waiting a long time to go into okay. business. So so for those who know, what is LNW Westgate? Sure. Thank you. So we're a consulting firm um, and we, uh, we advise customers and clients on how to build out their procurement teams if they're having some procurement issues, um, supplier diversity, right, which is an arm of procurement, and then DEI, which is an arm of HR. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the services inside of that? Yeah, so we offer, um, so from the, from the advisory perspective, it's really about um, initiating and strategizing what a, what, some procurement issues, right? So it's challenge dependent, of course. But um, in regards, I'm going to stay on supplier diversity for the moment. For, for supplier diversity, it's really a customer or a client who's 
initiating a diversity program, right? They're saying this is something we want or it's something that's being required of us, but we don't really have either the bandwidth, right? We have a procurement team that's limited number of people, um, limited number of hours, and we want to build out a strategy to support that. Mm -hmm. So what's the policy, right? And we really have to start with what is the policy? What are you thinking about when you think of a diversity program? If it's simply... Um, if it's simply we have a contract that requires X and we just want to get to X, sure, we can get you to X. Um, if it's a, you know, we work with clients who have lofty, lofty goals, yeah. right? And that's, that's exciting. Um, you know, it's exciting to try and build out and understand what's making that tick. There's a lot of different certifications in the world, right? Mm -hmm. So um, when we talk about certifications, we're, we're really talking about kind of small business women-owned businesses, right. minority-owned businesses, LGBT, veterans, disabled right. vets. Um, and these certifications say this is who and what this customer, th what, I'm sorry, who and what the supplier is. Okay. And um, and it really has nothing to do with kind of the, the services less than, right? So that's one of the things that I yeah. hear often is, well, if I'm going to create a diversity program, it's a less than program. My response is I... I'm a small business. I come at it with 25 years of experience. I, if I were working with, you know, one of the large consulting firms, um, you wouldn't think differently, right, right. about right. about what my offerings are. Um, and that's similar to many of the, the the businesses out there in the world. Right? Is the certification is really about bringing people to the table and just giving that um, the opportunity to take a look at. One of the other things I, I talk a lot about as part of my service is. How do you build out programs so that if you think, um, let's just say you have a project and it has 10 items that need to be completed on okay. it, um, and you're only finding maybe a small business or a women or some certified business, um, who can perform one through five, right? And and you're looking right. for something that to, for six through 10. How do we build some partnerships with some small businesses and, mm. and create those relationships so that uh, in doing business as the larger business, you're... you're you're representing two organizations right. that, that you're going to help grow. Gotcha. Is there a specific industry that you focus on? Um, not really. And okay. and the reason being um, procurement, so I, had, I, I talked a little bit about this before, whether direct or indirect. Um, indirect procurement is really about kind of that, that finished product, all of the items that go into building that. So that's the only time that procurement looks through a lens that's very industry specific or product specific. After that, everything else, how, how you manage your business, how I manage my business, we both have internet, we both have, mm -hmm. you know, we have insurance, we get office supplies, right? All of the things that are um, managing and keeping your business afloat, those are the things that are, are kind of a dime a dozen, right? And, and how we put together those, mm -hmm. those RFPs or those relationships um, are consistent across industries. When it comes to building out um, building up RFPs for kind of direct materials and that industry specific, well, that's always going to require a subject matter expert, right? So right. you're going to build out a procurement team that's going to involve an engineer or, uh, you know, a, a, a contractor or, mm -hmm. or something where you're going to bring in that that knowledge that's specific. Right. So, cool. um, For those that don't know, what is ESG? That's, so, that's great. So environment, social, and governance. Okay. Um, so an environment is what is your carbon footprint? Um, so, you know, it's a very kind of very important question that we start asking. And, and one of the things that procurement really allows, 
you know, my tagline for my organization is changing the business, changing the world through business. That's what procurement offers, right? It offers that mm-hmm. opportunity to to make to be impactful to the world in how you how you um, the requirements that you make of suppliers, yeah. right? So, if you are looking to be impactful from the environmental perspective, there are many ways to think about. Um, the, the the environmental restraints or restrictions that you can hold mm-hmm. suppliers to that that's very in, industry dependent. Um, the S is is the social aspect, and that's really where supplier diversity is going to fall within that. And then government go- governance. I'm sorry, governance is all about risk, yeah. right? How do you think about um, the protections? Who, what countries are your? You know, this is the the easy the low hanging fruit, right? For banks, what countries? Mm-hmm. Are your are your banks doing business, and um, and what's the protections and the risks around those? Right. Supplier diversity programs. Why is it so important for a business to have it? Yeah, it, it's it's so important because it's where you're going to find innovation. It's where you're going to find. Um, you know, I I don't want to say social impact from the perspective of a socially driven, mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of socially driven, right? So. Um, your customers customers are smart people, right? Customers want their businesses to look like who they are. Um, they want to be respected, mm-hmm. and 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 that's what suppliers are going to bring to the table, right? So it's it's really it falls right into that same line. Hmm. If you're if you're building your supplier base so that it looks like your world and then it looks like your customer base, um, it's going to offer you new opportunities. Um, you know, again, industry specific, but um, but that's where you're going to find the value of those changes. Right. So talking about some of the key aspects of procurement, because we do procurement here for things. I'm sure a lot of us do. Like some, of the, what, Talk about that. Sure. So, you know, procurement is so important because it really is about building out, building out your strategy. And, and I, I use the word strategy. I overuse the word strategy, and I apologize for that. But if you think about your suppliers, right, you can really break them down into – into a couple of different buckets, right? Um, if you're going to go out and buy, and, and I mean no disrespect to anybody, <laughs> right? But if you're going to go buy pens um, that you're just going to throw out into the office for the day, right? You're not going to go and you're not going to pay a lot of money and it's not going to be a strategic purchase. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It's really then about um, how are you getting the best price? Mm-hmm. And and your relationship with your supplier is pretty transactional, right? Right. Um, as you move through the levels of um, commitment and relationship with suppliers, that's where that's where you're going to start holding them responsible for right. It's responsibilities, mm-hmm. and 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 I will t- love to talk about responsibilities on both sides. But but the responsibility t- of the supplier is um, that they're going to they're going to do things when <laughs> right mm-hmm. for how much that it's going to be done correctly, mm-hmm. right? So you have kind of repeatable and reportable processes around around your supplier base where it's higher expectations, right? Where it's it's not kind of a, we've done this one time, we're never going to see each other again. Those are perfectly fine relationships mm-hmm. and they're necessary, right? right. Um, but when we talk about, again, strategy, <laughs> we're talking about those relationships where um, you, you really, the the reputation of your business is on the line, right? Um, you know, you have cameras and you have microphones, and yeah. if if you're hearing static through this, that's and that's a vendor problem, 
that's reputational, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I I think that you're you have beautiful curtains, but you probably pick them up, you know, <laughs> wherever you pick up curtains, right? And and that's kind of a, a you you're going to do that once. You're not going to kind of revisit that. Yeah. Um, so I think besides being reputational, besides being strategic, you also want to make sure that your relationships with suppliers are innovative, that they're bringing you the best, uh, the the new best thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, again, not those transactionals, but those those high level kind of high level risk and high level um, insightful yeah. relationships. Hmm. Um, yeah, what's the innovation? What's what is the new the new microphones for you all, yeah. right? right? And and you want to hear that, and you mm-hmm. want to um, know that your relationship with your current vendor for that is is bringing you the best mm-hmm. and has is looking out for you, right? right? It is about that partnership. Okay. So talk about the DEI services you offer. Sure. So DEI is really mo- much more in the kind of in the HR it, HR world, mm-hmm. and and that's really understanding um, what kind of business do you want to be running, right? Do you again do you want it looking like the rest of the world, and and how do you get there, and what's your policies and procedures to support that? So the services I offer are really about um, assessing what your current um, current personnel looks like. What are your policies? What do your processes look like? Um, and how are you going out and finding new talent? Because, you know, at, at I think it's 3.4% today. At 3.4% unemployment, getting new talent is, is um, it's a difficult step, yeah. right? So how do you entice the people um, that are going to move your organization to the next level? And, and that's really what DEI offers. It's, again, back to innovation, right? Mm-hmm. Are you reaching outside of? Um, because if everybody looks like and comes from the same school and comes from the same background, um, it's going to work for some companies. But it, it's right. today in 2023, it's not going to work for a lot of companies, mm-hmm. right. right? A phrase that you on your website, and I love it, and I think it's I, – I re- I've seen this all the time, is tech stack. <laughs> yes. So for those that don't, <laughs> talk about what tech stack is and how often you do you see this happening. So a tech stack is uh, it's an important one, right? Um, it's funny. I was I was in a, a small business group and we were talking about tech stack the other day. Um, tech stack is how are you working? How are you completing your work using t- as much technology as the least amount of price, right? And I'm speaking mm-hmm. to the small businesses. You can't. Um, you know, I, I recently started and I I thought, oh, I need every tool. Right. I need I need to make sure everything looks exactly like it should, like I've been in business for 20 years. Well, it's not mm-hmm. really the case. Right. I needed to back off my tech stack a little bit. Um, I didn't need every bell and whistle. I needed my bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so but tech stack, when it comes from from a, a procurement perspective, it's an important thing to think about because you have you know, it doesn't take too long before data gets really dirty. Right. You have suppliers, you know, the, 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 the wonderful example is, you know, A dot B dot C versus A, B, C versus A space, B space, C. Mm-hmm. Right. That's I've just given you three vendors in somebody's ER, you know, ERP system, which is a financial system. Um, but that's actually only one supplier. And and the more um, the more gook you have in yeah. your system. Right. Um, that becomes problematic. So, you know, it's some. Again, it's balancing the size of your organization and the needs against um, how quickly you can automate things. Mm-hmm. So, and that's really what a tech stack is. It's ensuring that 
if you've you know started your business and you have your checkbook and you have an Excel sp- spreadsheet, some point you're going to move to QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. Some point you're going to move to you're going to move to, and then all of a sudden you know you have five, ten different locations and you have uh, Oracle and you're kind of managing different business units. It's about knowing the tracking your technology to your growth. <laughs> so is there an ideal client for you? Who is it? Uh, so, I mean, the one that speaks to my heart is, is the, the, the client who calls and says, um, you know, we don't have a diversity program, but we would like one. We believe that the C-suite or the board is gonna, going to be coming down with one and we want to prepare ourselves. Um, a proactive procurement team it makes me very happy. That's <laughs> that's just because they speak my language. Yeah. They um, and <clears throat> it allows it allows us to start from the beginning. Yeah. And and I like to build the foundation of a diversity program. Is it right. is it a lot of like we want to do this? We know it's important, but we don't know how. Exactly, exactly. And and that's fun, right? Because then now there's a puzzle in front of you. And um, and if it doesn't come with a goal. Mm-hmm. Right. So so we, we often hear we want to hit 10 percent. We want to hit 20 percent by 2025. Yeah. If I hear 20 percent by 2025 one more time, I think, well, where are you today? Right. And going back sure. to the tech stack, have you have you run an economic impact assessment report? Do mm-hmm. you know how you're impacting the world? Do you know um, what your supply your supply diversity numbers are? What mm-hmm. percentage of your total spend? Um, and, and that's one of the things I'd love to help with, right? How do we how do we get that information? And 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 you know, there's a lot of different mm-hmm. ways to do that. Um, so it goes back to TechSec, and it also goes back to my my favorite customer, which is um, again, let's build it from the beginning. Yeah. And if you build it out from the beginning, you understand who your categories are, mm-hmm. who the diverse suppliers are out there in the world. What's your supplier outreach? So if you want to have minority businesses or women-owned businesses. What actions are you taking as an outreach to go out and find them? And how are you enticing them? You, because it is before there's an assigned contract, you both need to kind of be wooing each other a little yeah. bit, right? You mm-hmm. have to know what are, what are the offerings? What are you offering as a, as a, as a, as a customer? Um, which I'm going to throw in my two cents, <laughs> if you don't mind, Absolutely. about doing business with small businesses. You know, one of the primary problems with... Um, small businesses getting into the market is they don't believe they're going to get paid on time. So one of the things that I I like to to say to business owners, if you have an opportunity and you can pay in 15-day terms to small businesses, pay in 15-day terms. Yeah. If you need to play the, the, the 30, 30 day terms, become 60-day terms, be, con- be conscious and aware and of who you're doing that to, yeah. right? Because uh, the small business, we we're all starting out as a small right. business, it's, right? We all know what that's like mm-hmm. to uh, to move the dollars, and and mm-hmm. you know, Peter can wait because Paul's getting paid, right. and so yeah, yeah. So that's that's my two cents on that. If you if you are looking to do a diversity program, how you interact with small businesses is part of it. So when you work with a client, like how long is it normally? Is it a long term thing? Is it short term? Yeah, so it really is dependent on what the starting place is, right? Okay. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, on that example of brand new uh, diversity program, they haven't even thought, they've never thought about it before. Um, we're going to, that's going to be a little longer, 
right? Mm-hmm. We're going to be we're going to become uh, workmates for a little bit. So, um, generally speaking, I'm in probably part time for a few months in order to ensure that I've reviewed all our policies, procedures, that we've looked over the spend, um, that we're identifying what the budget is for the upcoming year, mm-hmm. and um, building out that strategy about where are you going to go ahead and, and look for suppliers to support your diversity program that goes back to supplier outreach. How are you reaching out to them, making sure that there's a plan of attack for that? Um, I my, my ideal is that we meet every six months, even for a day, um, you know, a couple hours, that we assess where the program is, um, that the strategy is being adhered to, and, and if it's not, why is that, right? And there's a lot of reasons why it would and wouldn't be. Um, but in, if there's some changes to the business, we need to get back in there and ensure that we're uh, kind of taking care of that for the upcoming six okay. months. Right. So what separates you from others in your field? Um, so I, I'm just learning that now, which is <laughs> so funny. Um, I think, you know, I was given an opportunity in, in my last role as a solutions optimization engineer. I've literally worked with hundreds of people. To, to build out supply diversity programs. And I don't know that there's that many people who've gotten their hands that dirty in, mm-hmm. in supply diversity. Um, it, and I don't know if it's as, if others are kind of as passionate. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I hadn't asked people that, but um, it is really, it is fundamentally the thing that I like to talk about the most um, to the chagrin of my family. <laughs> 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 so business is all about partners. So who are the best partners for you? So, you know, I was I was thinking about my partners and, you know, I have some some um, channel partners, right? People who other uh, who are SaaS companies mm-hmm. who work with customers and and their own customer base to build out again back to tech stack. They have mm-hmm. a tech that that falls into a client's mm-hmm. um, stack, <laughs> right? But that's not, it's, it's one thing to have data, it's one thing to have software, but you actually have to have a policy and procedure. You have to understand internally what levers to pull. So I was, I was talking with a, one of my partners yesterday um, who's from a SaaS company, and we were talking about they have a customer who doesn't understand the levers, right? They have the data to support it. So that's where I'm a great partner for them. And, and how are they a great partner for me? Well, they, they get to introduce me to, you know, all these wonderful people. Yeah. And that's, that's lovely. Um, when I think about my partners kind of in business, if you will, um, shortly after I started LN Westgate, I reached out to a couple of friends who were also building um, their own companies, mm-hmm. right, other small businesses. Um, one is the procurement girl, which is she's on LinkedIn. It's, it's she's a, a great reference um, for for procurement people, right? Just to kind of stay in tune. She asks a lot of questions. She she brings people together to talk about mm-hmm. um, all the different avenues of procurement. And and you know one of the reasons. So we're we're in a, a women's group together where we talk about building out our small business, mm-hmm. and that partnership is about kind of overcoming some of the the fears and overcoming, yeah. um, you know, uh, she's a marketing guru, right? She She's a, a procurement um, guru. So, you know, having her some, someone to lean on to give me some advice mm-hmm. um, is, is has been wonderful, right? And then um, 
Yeah, the the partnerships are are so important. It's not always about I'm going to bring you business and you're going to bring me business. Sometimes it's just about get out there for another day and be supportive of each other because there's a lot of business in the world. And Mm -hmm. if and and I'm a a fan of if if you do it right, if you're you're authentic about um, the business that you offer, it. The business part falls into place. It, it is truly about the partnerships and the relationships. What's the best piece of advice you've been given from a business perspective? I'm going to go back to be authentic. So if, 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 you know, it was told to me, if you are authentic and if you show up to work every day, whether it's a good or bad day, mm-hmm. you have another day of work behind you, right? And, um, and each day we show up and we do what we love to do, we're, we're just going to be better for it. This is the question that that challenges everyone here. So if you could jump in the time machine to the start of your career, what would you tell yourself? Um, I would tell myself to keep going to school. I I would tell everybody I ever talked to that um, I'm a believer that everyone should be taking a class in something. It doesn't matter what it is. Cooking, right? Excel. Um, Every... Every week, you should be paying attention. I mean, I think... Lifelong you know, learning. Lifelong learning. Coursera, you know, if, for, for, for me, it was a little different, right? I mean, we didn't have kind of the internet and the, right. the accessibility. Um, but, yeah, I take a LinkedIn class or a Coursera class. Every week, I'm on something. And the Small Business Association, you know, mm-hmm. shout out to SCORE, right? Yeah. Um, that the programs they offer are um, paramount in, mm-hmm. in assisting, because that's, again, more relationships, more partnerships, mm-hmm. more showing up to do the right thing. Great. And f- last but not least, if people want to find, a, find out more about you or your business, where can they go? Thank you. They can go to lnwestgate.com um, as my website. And Lisa Westgate, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. And I am uh, clearly, I am always happy to talk about supplier diversity and procurement. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. 